It is Freddy Cruz, and I've made it my job, my life's mission, to extract the stories of the individuals, businesses, and organizations that make the greater Houston area great. And this episode, I've got all eyes on the future with Nai Hui Chia. He's an assistant professor in the Department of Computer Science at Rice University and the recent recipient of the Google Scholar Award. In other words, he knows technology, and he knows a lot. And with everything moving so fast over the past year, I had to invite him to the show, and he graciously accepted. During this conversation, we discuss how quantum computing affects AI, what it can do for space travel, and why he remains optimistic. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your family and friends and sign up for the newsletter at cruisethroughhtx.com. Hi, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man Flo Rida with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Yo, let's go pick Mr. 305, and you already know what it is. My name is Freddie, and it's time to cruise through HTX. In reading your bio, there's a quote from Richard Feynman, and it says, We are trying to prove ourselves wrong as quickly as possible because only in that way we can find progress. And I love that. So why why is that important to you? Like, What made you put that there, and wh- wh- how does that shape what you do? Yeah, obviously. Uh, I was a fan of Richard Feynman since I was a junior high school student. So at that time, I really want to be a, you know, I, I really want to be a physicist. So I want to major in physics and try to be a researcher in physics. But somehow, like in Taiwan, um, the way we pick students for each department is based on some scores. And then, unfortunately, my score is a little bit below the bar. So I jumped into the computer science department. But I still like Richard Feynman. So somehow, uh, because of him, I found the topic of quantum computing. I tried to do research in this area because this is kind of area that is the overlap between computer science and the physics. So, um, so as a film of him, and so I read lots of his book, and this is one of the best that I like. Uh, what he said. Your research areas of interest include quantum algorithms, quantum complexity, quantum cryptography, and you've got these questions which involve uh, computational tasks and quantum advantages. And it's the most that I've ever seen the word quantum in my entire life within the span of one paragraph. So my question to you, Nye, would be, how does all of this affect the world that we live in in 2023 when everybody is freaking out about the rise of AI and ChatGPT and MidJourney and, oh my gosh, the robots are taking over the world in five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think, first of all, like quantum computing, the influence of quantum computing might be different from AI. So <clears throat> you can consider that quantum computing can help to solve some hard tasks. For example, if you want to break in some crypto system, you want to process some like really huge data efficiently, probably you can use a full-fledged quantum computer to do that. But the point is that we will not have that kind of computer in 15 or 20 years because um, we haven't goes. So there is still some like hardware changes we cannot overcome that challenges. So you still need time. Um, on the other hand, like I think after we have that kind of full-fledged quantum computers, uh, the way we use it is kind of like there is a big working station and they have some big quantum computer there and you can access the quantum computer by your iPhone, iPad, or iMac, or a Windows system. So you still have a classical, like the digital computer in your hand, but you can 
Like you can use quantum computer as cloud and then try to ask them to solve some problems. And I first came across your work in a newsletter from Innovation Map. You, congratulations, recently won a Google Scholar Award, which is pretty cool, seeing as how, you know, we typically think of the Houston area as either oil and gas, the world-class Texas Medical Center, or uh, fine arts, the Houston Ballet and whatnot, or Beyonce. Um, but this is pretty huge because we got somebody who's who's really making moves in the technology space. So, what have like what led you to down that journey to getting this Google Scholar Award and how that affects what you're doing at Rice University? Uh, I got this Google Scholar by the. Um, by the research topic called the uh, Hamiltonian simulation. Oh. Woo! Try saying that five times real fast. What was that? Parallel Festival Awarding of Hamiltonian Simulation. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> so just one time. I don't want to say to me. It's a mouthful. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so that problem is kind of like, so for example, like all the physical systems, we can describe them in some way we call Hamiltonian. And then if you can simulate that that, that physical system much faster than its uh, evolution time, it means that you can predict the behavior of a physical system, right? So that's what I want to do. I want to say whether we can use quantum computer to help us to predict the behavior of some physical system. And the reason I think this one is very interesting is because the first application or say the motivation to have quantum computers is because of the Hamiltonian simulation. Like when Richard Feynman talked about quantum computers, actually uh, what in his mind is that he wants to simulate the quantum physics. So he needs to have some computers that are good for simulating this physics, physical system. So he proposed the quantum simulator, and which is a quantum computer uh, nowadays. And then we try to say, okay, probably you can use quantum computer to help you to predict the physical system much faster than uh, its prediction, uh, its evolution time. How troubling do you think it is that somebody with a nefarious agenda would have access to AI and kind of interpret, maybe not kind of, but would absolutely be hell-bent on using its power to create some sort of quantum machine or whatnot that could wreak havoc on, on a country, on his or her citizens, on an entire region of the world, or on the entire world, period? Or how possible is it? I think it is possible because uh, for technology, we are we have progress every day. But I think the point is that we should be careful or say we should be alerted, but we don't need to be afraid of it. So one thing is that because people are also de- de- developing things for security of AI, which means that you should have some way to make sure your AI system uh, cannot do something bad to you. Or say others AI system, they cannot do something bad to human. Um, there are some like people are trying to use some security or crypto tools we developed so far to integrate into the AI development, such that if uh, you try to make the AI to do something bad, probably we can detect it and try to prevent it from uh, it really happen. So I think it is. Um, so I, I'm a little bit optimistic. I'm not a pessimistic person. So because I'm optimistic, I will I I will say that okay, of course AI we need to be aware of like its development, but probably in the future, we always have some way to fix it if 
something goes wrong. How exactly does your world of quantum, was quantum algorithms, complexity, cryptography, how does all of that play in a role in the lives of, of everyday people who have no idea what these terms even mean? <laughs> you can consider quantum computer as a totally different computer. It is not a digital computer you have so far. It's built from a totally different mathematical model. So we use different physical systems to build a computer. It has a different way to help us to proceed the data or say to build crypto system. So you can consider that um, its power is, uh, it is more powerful than the dig digital computer. So you can expect if you have that computer, it can help to solve more problems. That, for example, some problems, if you want to use your digital computer to solve it, it takes like days or even years to really solve the problem. But if you have quantum computers for some specific problems, you can solve them in a second. But for the best case of computer, probably you need like still you need a few months to solve the same problem. So it can give you like a fast way to solve some really hard problems. <clears throat> and also like for example, it can help you to break crypto system. Like the RSA crypto system used so used now in the real world. If you have quantum computer, you can break all these uh, crypto system. So that's why like people now try to migrate to the next generation of crypto system. Um, and oh, But on the other hand, if you allow quantum communication, say my computer and your computer, we can send quantum information. We can have some secure communication, which is more secure than the classical communication. Because quantum computer can help you to build some like uh, better uh, crypto system to protect your data. Yeah. So when you talk about like a, a more private system, do you mean similar or exactly like what is it the dark web? I don't know how how do they do that because I'm not familiar with the network stuff. But for quantum computer, why I say is that uh, I'm not in the network or say I'm not in the internet. Why I say is that if I'm a person and that you are, for example, my name is Bob and you are Alice, and I try to send some information to you. And there is someone in the middle try to you know steal my information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then for quantum computer, it is possible that I can send some information to you first and try to see whether there are there is someone to detect uh, to try to steal the information. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I can detect it. But for classical computer, you cannot detect this kind of attack. So quantum computer can somehow try to help you to improve the security. But of course, like if someone like I want to send some sensitive or say some, uh, send some blessings to you. Probably we can use some other way to detect it and try to say, okay, I'm not a good guy Try to interact with you, so I, I should be blocked or I should be get, going to a jail or something. Mm -hmm. So there, should, there are some ways to detect this kind of thing. But I, what I want to say is that quantum computer can help you to have some secure communications uh, for some sensitive usage, like for military or for some national security thing. If you use quantum communication to help you send information, then we don't need to worry that someone is trying to, you know, to hear my information. And that, and that's the rub. So last year I had interviewed former Navy SEAL Jack Carr about his book in the blood and it it delves into the quantum computing world and when I had spoken uh -huh. with him mm -hmm. he was talking about some of his assets and colleagues acquaintances within the intelligence apparatus that he was I guess interviewing as research for the novel 
And they're like, Mm -hmm. Jack, and I'm paraphrasing here, Jack, if we told you anything more, you will be going into into science fiction and not a political thriller. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, like, this is the real, this is what's really happening, but we just don't know this yet. Um, Because it's obviously, I guess, for national security's sake, it's not public, it's not widely or publicly discussed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, does it stay this? Does it stay this way forever? Because that's just exactly how powerful the computing power is. I don't think so. I think the reason that people are not uh, familiar with quantum computer is because quantum computer is some like highly interdisciplinary subject. So you need to know computer science, and you also need to have some background in quantum physics to understand mm-hmm. it. So when every time people think about quantum computer, they will just think, okay, what what the hell it is? And then because I don't understand quantum physics, so it is impossible for me to understand quantum computer. Yeah. So I'm not going to I'm not going to learn anything about it. So I think that's the reason that quantum computers are not um, the general public are not familiar with the quantum computer because of that reason. So there is nothing national security because nothing that need to be hidden because of a national security like actually like i think nsf or the u.s government or other countries government they really want to uh, they really want uh, people to learn quantum computer so they have lots of projects try to say okay can you broaden the uh, impact of quantum computer or say broaden the education of quantum computer to general public but uh, it is hard because, as I said, like uh, you need to have certain background to really understand its impact. How likely do you think it is to be able to harness this kind of computer power into getting us not just back onto the moon, but getting getting it to where people can travel to Mars or travel like really, really far into the universe? Um, I don't know. It might seem like a dumb question, but it'd be kind of cool to to be able to harness this kind of power and travel uh, a few thousand light years uh, into some other dimension. I don't know whether you can help us to do the travel, but uh, I think if you want to do space travel, sometimes you need to solve some hard problems first. Try to figure out some hard problems for your like. Uh, spaceship or something. Quantum computer probably can help you to do some calculation for that. And have you have you watched a, a movie called Interstellar? No, I've never seen that one. Interstellar? Do you, okay, you don't know Interstellar by Roland, I think. Okay, so you should watch it. It is kind of like something like a man tried to do uh, space traveling to save the humankind, and and he went he went through the wormhole to different planets. And try to find a planet that is good for humankind to live there. And like I think in that movie, they also use quantum computer to do some communication. I don't actually. I don't know. I don't know how they they say this kind of thing, but um, you know, like somehow it gives us some uh, ideas, like insights, like how quantum computer can help us to uh, to do something in in your space traveling. Yeah, so I think like uh, those like directors or editors, they have more idea, more like creative ideas than, than us. 
to say how do we use quantum computers in space travel? As someone who works within the research field, you're an assistant professor at Rice University. You are steeped in the world of technology, quantum physics, quantum computers, and all the things. What is your hope for this kind of technology in a hundred or two hundred years? I will say that I really want to see a full-fledged quantum computer will be built like in twenty years. And then I want to see that these computers can be can be like used in the real world. So right now we have several several theories, several uh, algorithms or crypto systems. Say okay, if you can have this one, then what kind of advantage we can have? But right now, a lot are just in theory, and we cannot build uh, quantum computers that can help us to implement all these applications. So I will say. I hope in the twenty years we can have this kind of application, and then we can see the full quantum advantage for that. And then I hope probably after twenty years, probably we can because we have a real computer that can help us to build like other application. Because right now, like based on still, we can we can make several predictions, but because we don't have a real computer, we cannot do more. Uh, for example, like AI system, like like in early years, that、like, people have lots of theories about AI. But after we have some good enough hardwares, we can build a lot of more like amazing things because of the better hardware. Yeah, and I expect that quantum computer will have the same thing. Like right now, we have theories for prediction, but probably in the future, if we have a good hardware, we can start from there and then get more applications. I cannot predict what kind of applications we can have, but um. I expect that there will be more because, like quantum computers, by theory, it is more powerful than the classical computers. Yeah. And when it when it freezes, do you kick、uh, it? Do you just do a simple reboot? What do you pour some water on it? Like, what happens when it doesn't work the way you want it to work? I imagine they don't slow down, not nearly as much as my two year old computer here at home. But when it does, what does someone like you do? <laughs> It is a good question. Like in the history of AI development, there are several winters. Like people believe I can do something, and then put lots of efforts on AI for five to ten years, and then they found that okay, we cannot do anything, and then we just slow down.、Yeah. And when there is a breakthrough about the hardware,、uh, they reboot, right? So they put money and effort try to do something, and then find it doesn't work, and then they slow down. And then after the hardware pro, some breakthrough hardware, they do it again. I expect that quantum, the development of quantum computer will have a similar pattern. We will run into some winter because of the hardware limitation, and then I think because I'm a theorist, so I will still do research in theory, try to see like okay, if the hardware limitation is that, can we reduce the、uh, requirement of the hardware resources for our algorithm or software such that we can. Still implement some good things with limited hardware, and if not, probably we can try to wait or try to try to、uh, try to give more applications or directions that people or hardware people can try to build the quantum computer. Because usually,、uh, experimenters and theorists they try to collaborate with each other. Say, theorists probably make several predictions. And then、uh, experimenters can try to build systems according to these predictions, and then try to see which one is better. So after after several round of this kind of interactions, we can build a good hardware 
for my quantum advantage. How big? How big are the machines that you work on? Because we're talking machines that seem like they're way more technologically advanced. So, are we talking about the same size as what you and I are are talking on right now? I, I guess you're on a tablet or a smartphone because I know you're on the app, and then I'm on a desktop. Uh, about the same size? Are they small and teeny tiny, or are they these gigantic room size machines like they were, like the first computers back in the 1960s? It was the current quantum computers probably is the very gigantic really uh, computers. Yeah, in a room, like you need you need several rooms to put the refrigerators, and you need to put your quantum system inside the refrigerator because if the temperature is too high, the system will not be stable. Oh man! And there will be lots of noise in the computer. So, like I think the IBM quantum computer right now they have like four hundred ish qubits. Oh, qubits is just kind of like the bits for classical computer. Okay. So like right now, the classical computer can have gigabytes, right? So even beyond gigabytes. But for quantum computer, we can only have 400 bits. Huh. So, you know, like combination power is relatively like um, or quite limited or say much less powerful. But uh, this is the experiment stage. Uh, somebody wants to learn more about quantum algorithms and complexities and computing and all the things that you're doing, or maybe there's a, a paper that they can go to or or something, what would you recommend? You can watch some, there are some videos by John Preskill on YouTube. So you can check that. And also like, I think the best resources for um, for newbies is the uh, IBM, they do have a webpage about Qiskit. So they're Computers and they also have some lecture notes about how to understand quantum computers and how to operate their, um, you know, quantum computers. So I would recommend uh, people to go to the you know IBM's webpage to read through like that kind of lecture. I think that those things are quite easy to follow. Probably you need to have some mathematical background to really understand the matrix and vectors. But I think that's the most uh, friendly reference I know. Nye, really appreciate you coming by the podcast, sir. Have a great weekend. You too. Thank you for the invitation. It's great to talk to you, Freddie. Hey, it's me. I'm back with a quick little nudge. If you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did putting it together for you, then please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the newsletter at cruisethroughhtx.com and share with your family and friends. Thank you.